Hello? Hey, Jason, it's me. Hey, host, how's it going? Honestly, not great. Okay. Yeah, uh... Is it Becky? I mean, is she, um... Look, I need to say something, but I I don't know where to start. Just say it. You're not gonna like it. I mean, it's Becky, right? Oh, God. I'm I'm driving. Will Will you let me pull over? Sure, yeah. Go ahead. I don't really know how to say this, um, so I'll just ask. (laughs) Jason, did you do it? Do what? Did you kill her? Did I kill... Becky? Yeah. Are you serious right now? I am, yeah. (laughs) No, I didn't kill my girlfriend. In case you forgot, I'm the guy that's been sick to my stomach over this. Jason. And maybe you haven't heard, but Becky? Yeah, she's been seen around town. She's not even dead. She's just pulling some asinine stunt like she always does. Just wants attention as per usual. Everything she does, man, it just drives me crazy. It gets me like jacked up adrenaline coursing through my veins. Like maybe she deserved what... Like... She might deserve it if something happened, you know? She walks around with this stupid sense of entitlement, always thought she was better than me with that obnoxious bike in the gum, and I just couldn't. I can't take it anymore. Okay, host? I I don't have any more sympathy for you. Big whoop. I don't want it. Nice attitude. That'll go over real well with the cops. The cops? The cops misidentified that body, okay? Police around here are historically corrupt, believe me. That dead chick, she wasn't Becky. Besides, people go missing all the time. Enough with the lies. Everybody knows about all the Beckys, about the ranch. I know, you know, and I know you kidnapped Alpha Becky. Who? The Becky who came looking for her sister. The Becky who found you with defensive wounds all up your arms. You don't know Jack. She told me everything, Jason. Everything. Check that DNA, forensics and shit. I know about this. You find the Becky that's been seen in every bar and pool hall in town, and you check her DNA. I don't know anything about that dead girl. I don't care. But I can tell you for sure, she wasn't Becky. Beloved goddess listeners, it's good to be back in the studio. That trip to love in Atlantis really made me feel like I could be one with the world, that I could do anything, become an investigative journalist, solve crime, rekindle a romantic entanglement with Devon. But lesson learned, I'm right back where I ought to be, in my studio, drinking my tea, present and undistracted for you, my listeners. And do you hear that? Do you hear it? That's right. Silence. Not a single person trying to interrupt me. It's good to be back. 
We do have a bit more to wrap up before we start taking your calls, listeners. The following recordings, as you'll hear, were obtained without the strictest form of consent. All right, fine, without consent at all. But as the people in question seem to have literally up and vanished, leaving me no opportunity to ask their permission to air it after the fact. Okay, I know these are excuses. The truth is... I did some real-life Harriet the spying, and I'll be delivered to Gaia herself before I keep that under wraps. Plus, I'm tired, my back aches, and this will allow me to just hit play and lie prone on the floor for a while. So here it is, the conclusion, the truth of what happened to Becky. Not all those who wander are lost. J.R. Tolkien wrote that. I think of it often, especially when I look around my studio or out at the vast desert that surrounds us. I think about all the purposeful wandering I've done, why I've chosen to go down one path instead of another. Maybe you've done the same, listener. Maybe you've been wandering so long that when you stop and look up, you don't even know where you are. The destination, the journey, roads less traveled, you get it. You've heard it all before. But what about the source? Where you wandered from? What about that? I realized that in order to really get to the heart of the Becky matter, I had to consider the source, her home, where she came from. Maybe the answers were all there, lined up in a row in front of me. I asked Alpha Becky if I could go to the ranch with her to get some answers. Now, you know, we don't usually do this, let people come to the ranch. I've already been here. (laughs) Well, not inside. I've been inside. Hmm, doesn't seem like anyone's home. Huh. They're home, all right. Whoa. Uh, are these bars in the window? Oh, yeah. We're on lockdown. Definitely can't let you in. I eventually talked Alpha Becky into letting me into the house with her key. After spending so much time on Becky's case, I had acquired a specific set of investigative and negotiation skills. Nuanced, refined capabilities that enabled me to get closer to the truth. Money! Money, 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 money! I'll give you money. I can offer you money. Eleven dollars. Come on, money! Hmm, well, Becky... I can offer you money. Eleven dollars. Come on, money. Take it. It's yours. Uh, um, <clears throat> that's some uh, creative editing, but listeners, it worked. I'll let you in, but don't blame me if this is too weird for you. I already told you. I've been here before. Oh, whoa. I told you, my family can get weird. And it was weird. The inside of that house... Where I had seen rows of shoes, closets filled with toiletries, shelves lined with years' supply of food. It was empty. Gone. Totally bare. Like they had been robbed or simply vanished into thin air. What happened? Did they move? No. What happened is the same thing that always happens. They got scared. What are you talking about? They always do this, go to the most extreme measures in reaction to pretty ordinary life things. I mean, not to suggest that losing a kid or two is ordinary, but you never hear about the pioneers going underground into their bunker. Bunker? Yeah. My family went underground. 
Look, I know I seem obsessed, right? Compulsive, hypnotized, magnetized, something. But I couldn't stop myself from going back to that ranch. Even after seeing what I saw, now knowing what I know, I had to go back. Becky's family is entrenched in a devastation that I cannot claim to fully understand, but they deserve closure. And you, listeners, you deserve the truth. When Truman Capote decided to bring justice to the Clutter family, he was not dissuaded by logic. Instead, he... I know, but I was making a really good point. Okay, okay, I'm getting there. Listeners, know this. I didn't know what was going on at the ranch when I went back that day, what I was getting into. Please, believe me. Watch out, a lot of steps to get down. Now just let me handle this. Handle uh, what? Grant, Sheila. We're back here, Bex. Hot water tanks on the fritz again. What took you so long? You know what we said about going out. The egg timer's already dinged. Who's this? Becky, what's going on? This is the host, Dad. You already know her. We've met her, but we don't know her. You know the rules. Grant, Sheila, I'm sure you remember the conversation we had a few weeks ago. It was very productive, really helpful in finding your daughter. And did you find her host? Well... No, uh, not the one I was looking for. Mm-hmm, that's what I thought. Becky, she's got to go. Uh, wait, 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 hold on. Maybe if you let me record this conversation for my show, uh, keep the microphone running, we can get some closure on this Hold one. on. You got a microphone running? You got to turn that off. Erase whatever you've recorded. They can't know about this. They? Who's they? Don't say nothing, Sheila. I'm not dumb. I know not to say nothing. But she can't be recording, not without permission. I need to see you turn that thing off, miss. Of course, you know that I'm safe. I'm here talking to you after the fact, after all. But I did put my microphone away, just like Grant requested. Though I am a journalistic novice, I still understand the importance of ethics, especially when it comes to recording people on the record. So I ask you not to judge when I play the following footage. And you'll put that away? I put it away, but I didn't turn it off. You can't be upset with her. She saved me. She saved you from losing another. We don't know who she is, what she wants. Being careful isn't enough. We gotta be diligent this time. What do you want me to do? Kick her out? She saved you, Bex? That true? Yeah. Cross my heart in everything. Miss Host, my wife and I, we appreciate all you've been doing, uh, taking a shine to our daughters like you have, and we recognize we might have overreacted a bit. We don't mean to scare you off so fast. We, my wife and I, we, we think you should stay. Oh, thank you. I'm not here to rock the boat. Uh, here, let me just get the mic out. No, no, no. You misunderstand. We're not recording nothing. We mean you're going to stay down here with us. For the night? Forever.
It seems I had seen too much, knew too much. I had become a liability instead of a resource. And if there's one thing I've learned about Grant and Sheila, it's that they don't mess with variables. They do not take kindly to the unknown. In their defense, I get it. They've been through so much, and I understand the desire to take control of particular situations. I just wish that hadn't meant my being taken captive. Okay, so if you need any snacks, cereal, pantry essentials, we keep all the dry goods over here in the shelving unit. We try to alphabetize everything, but it's just easier to display it like a grocery store. Okay. Refrigerators over here, and these are attached to the backup generator, so no need to worry about this stuff going bad. These freezers are loaded with toaster strudels, by the way. My dad is obsessed. He's convinced we don't have enough. I can go get more if you want. Nice try. Over here is our recreation area. Ping pong table, air hockey, tetherball. Tetherball? Yeah. We were obsessed with it when we were little. My parents, they get attached to certain things. Anyway, moving on. That's the lab over there. You don't need to worry about it. I've never even gone inside. What's the lab for? Don't I look quite a bit like this Becky you were looking for? Uh, you do. <laughs> Nearly identical. Actually identical, as a matter of fact, but you're more assertive than my Becky from the farm and fleet. So in my mind, I call you Alpha Becky. Oh. That's what the lab is for. Yeah. And you've never been curious about where you came from? I don't know. You ever ask your mother to go back into her womb? Mm, good point. Carry on. <laughs> We have toiletries over here, mostly just bar soap and shampoo. Grand Sheila don't like to get bogged down in fancy stuff, as they call it. You're lucky they sprung for deodorant. And over here are the bunks. There's so many. This is... God, this is so depressing, Alpha Becky. No, no, no. It's fun. I promise. Like a sleepover. I don't want a sleepover. I don't want a bunk. I'm sorry for your family's loss. I really am, but I have to get out of here. Look, you're lucky to be down here. Do you catch my drift? The alternatives are not as friendly. And you don't want to be above ground. There's nothing good up there. But my listeners, my audience... They'll find a way to manage. People always do. Coping mechanisms come in many different forms. No, no, my listeners don't have the tools to cope. Do you understand? They need me. And you think my parents had the tools to lose one daughter and then another? Like they enjoy living this way? No, they just have to. They have to protect what's theirs. But they have Matthew. They have you. They have a lot more where that came from. Hey, everybody. I'd like to introduce you to someone. This is the host. The host? What's she doing here? Becky. Did you find Becky? Oh, my God. In retrospect, I probably should have seen the clone thing coming. Maybe you were way ahead of me, listener, but if it's not clear to you what's happening yet, let me bring it into focus. Becky was a clone. You're... you're all clones? We don't love the C word. It carries with it certain sub-person connotations. 
We prefer the phrase genetically identical. Like twins? Yes, but more. Genetically identical like twins, but more. Okay, I'll try to remember that. Are you going to live with us now? Wait, is she going to live with us now? No. Yes. Uh... I can't stay because I have to get back to the surface to do my radio program. She has to stay because she knows too much. Can we call her Becky? Is that a real question? No, you, you can call me the host or just host. That's what everybody calls me. But how are we supposed to remember that? You can have the fungify me. Look, I really appreciate the hospitality, but I'm not staying. Why not? It's much safer down here. Uh, that may be true, but I have my show, like I said. People need my help. We listen to your show. You do? <laughs> well, uh, good. Then you know that I provide a valuable service to people in need of advice and strange or unbelievable... You could give us advice. Uh, w uh, what do you need advice on? Oh, uh, on like, what are we supposed to do when Becky keeps whistling and she's driving everyone crazy? We'll tell her to stop, and she does, but then she just starts back up again because she doesn't realize she's doing it. Oh, um, uh, I, I guess I don't so much mean advice as I'm there to talk to people who need help in situations that tend to be worse than chronic whistling. The whistling is pretty bad. Hey, I can't help it. You mean people who need help, like Becky. You mean... My Becky, the one who worked at the farm and fleet? Yeah. Did you find her? Is she coming home? Grant and Sheila didn't tell you? She's not, is she? I'm so sorry. <gasps> oh. She never should have left the ranch. You need help with that? Nah, I have a system. Nothing but soap on the concrete so I can control the grime with my brush. Then when it's loosened, I can rinse it all away. Cool. Uh, cool. I went to talk to Matthew, Becky's brother. He was there at the river the day the original Becky drowned. He lives and works at the ranch, but he also has a life on the outside. I was hoping to get some advice. Uh, Alpha Becky said I should come down. Figures. She thinks she runs this place right under her parents, but she's not the boss of me. By the time I talked to Matthew, it had been three days in the bunker. I pleaded with Grant and Sheila to let me leave, but it was like they didn't even hear what I was saying. They seemed to be planning something, and although they wouldn't tell me what, I got the impression that our current isolation wasn't enough. That they intended to drive us even further underground. In the meantime, I tried to get the lay of the land, to find an escape route, and to keep busy. So, a lot of grime, huh? Yep. It's weird because it should be really clean in here, on account of no one ever leaving. <laughs> Unless, wait a minute, do you happen to know how to get out? Nice try. I'm not going to help you get out of here. Come on, I don't want to be here and you don't want me to be here. Win-win. Sorry. And you're right, I don't want you to be here. Eating all the canned mushrooms like when the business are cloning mushrooms instead of Becky's. See, I'm in the way. I eat all the mushrooms, so let me go. You don't get it. It's not good for you or us. We're all safer if you stay here. Plus, it's nice having someone who's not a Becky around. Yeah, that was a shock. Uh, why would your parents do that, Matthew? They like to stockpile things, I guess. 
Come here, look. 16 boxes of evaporated milk, 35 jumbo cans of peaches, 24 two-packs of peanut butter, this whole pallet of fig bars, five 10-pound bags of cat food, we don't even have a cat, and seven genetically identical copies of Becky. Well, six now. Sucks, because that Becky, she was a good one. But anyway, like I said, the, the folks like to be prepared. Hey, are you okay? I'm fine. I just need to get back to scrubbing. Matthew, wait. I didn't mean to upset you. You're upset. I'm not upset. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'll go play tetherball. <sighs> wait. I want to show you something, but you can't tell anybody. All right, listeners. You'll recognize in this next bit a slight breach of confidence. Oh, wow. What I'm looking at here, listeners, is ground zero of Becky's origin, the place where she was conceived, so to speak. I'm looking at the lab. The only reason I have the code is that my parents want me to clean in here. They said that keeping it sterile guarantees the integrity of future Beckys. There are so many Beckys. Will they get another one of these out now that my Becky is confirmed dead? Maybe. They calibrated the supplies to be enough for 10 people for 10 years. You're a surprise addition, so maybe they won't replace the Becky they lost this time. Maybe that's really why they're keeping you. But you just never know. Their reaction to grief is pretty extreme. Why are you showing me this? Look around. Does anything stick out to you? Anything out of the ordinary? You mean beyond all these Beckys in various stages of development? Yeah. Anything missing? Anyone missing? Oh, Matthew. I'm sure that doesn't mean what you think it means. Doesn't it, though? They stock up on everything that's important to them. Backups of backups of backups. But you know what they're not trying to get more of, even though they're clearly able to? Me. In all those tanks and all those test tubes, there's not a single version of me. Becky, please stop. Stop what? The whistling. Oh, sorry. It had been a week, listeners. A week without seeing the sun, without a decent cup of oolong tea, without a single chance to talk directly into a microphone. I tried putting myself to use by helping Matthew cope with his perception that his parents don't care about him. But even that was cut short when I caught Sheila secretly collecting strands of my hair off my pillow. Things were looking bleak, listeners. I was already sick of pressurized cheese spreads. But then... Host? What? Yes? Will you come upstairs with me? Uh, of course. Oh, my word. Dana? This woman has offered to trade you for a chest freezer full of frozen toaster strudels. We consider this a very tempting offer. But, as an act of mercy, we've decided to give you the final choice. Would you like to stay here with us where it's safe and pleasant, 
Or would you like to leave and enter a world full of unrelenting danger and heartbreak? Dana, how did you find me? She's an administrator of our prepper workspace on Slack. I can't believe this. I thought you were mad at me. Do you want to leave or not? Oh, yes, obviously. Get me the hell away from here. Fine. Pack whatever you brought with you and... I want to go with her, too. Becky? Alpha Becky? I'm tired of just sneaking away from here every once in a while. Of being afraid to live my life out in the open. Becky had it right. I want to leave. You think she had it right? You think the girl who ended up dumped in a lake with handprints around her neck had the right idea? What part of that seems tempting to you? She's not just some girl, Sheila. She was my sister. She abandoned her family. No, she did not. She just wanted a little space for herself. And I want that too. I know she was your sister. She was my daughter. I loved her. And that's why I wanted her to be careful. I want that for you too. I know. Still, I want to leave with the host. It's not going to be like last time, you know. You won't be able to come back. We already have plans. I know. I understand. You're making a mistake. Believe me, once you've lost a child, you understand that this world is no place for the people you love. I'm going. Okay, fine. Don't talk it up to your sisters, though. I don't want them getting ideas. I know you have another Becky ready to replace me. Matthew told me. That we do. That we do. Grant helped us unload the industrial freezer to the basement, insisting that the freezer itself was part of the deal instead of just the strudels inside it. Sorry, Dana, I know that your freezer belonged to your grandfather, a real workhorse freezer if there ever was one. Becky, Dana, and I piled into Dana's 76 F-250 and drove off without a word. Days later, I reached out to Alpha Becky for an interview. I wanted to check in and see how things were going. Hi, Becky. Thanks so much for joining me. Sure. Is this like a normal thing that people do? Uh, what do you mean? Going somewhere to record a conversation? Um, uh, yes, increasingly so. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a handle on things. And how's that going? You took over Becky's job at the farm and fleet, right? Yeah. Pam, Becky's boss, well, my boss, nearly cried when she saw me. She said they'd been so worried. How are things with that stock boy? Um, Eli, I think was his name? Uh, yeah, not great. See, at the time we, you know, I didn't think I'd ever see him again. Welcome to the confrontational nature of living in a rural area above ground. Thank you. Oh, that wasn't an actual welcome. It was more of a saying. Host? Yes, Alpha Becky? Do you think if I hadn't lived it up like I did when I was on my mission to bring home Becky... Do you think she'd still be alive? Why do you say that? Because Jason saw us, me and Eli, and he thought it was his Becky. Well, not his Becky, but I mean the other Becky. And he got mad, so he killed her. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's not how these things work. It's not? Absolutely not. The only reason your sister died is that some asshole decided to kill her. It has nothing to do with her, and it has nothing to do with you. The blame, the explanation, everything is entirely on him. 
That being said, I'd like to say again that I am so, so sorry about what happened. Thanks. Is he still saying he didn't do it? I called to confront him about it after we left the ranch. He's pretending to believe that you're her and that she didn't die at all. Bullshit. And the police dropped the case, right? I believe so. Where is Jason, by the way? I haven't seen him at all, and I've been looking for him over my shoulder constantly. Nobody seems to have seen him for the past two days. Well, speaking of assholes... Hello? Hi, uh, Miss Frago? Uh, I mean, Frogolian? This is Chaz from The Host. Oh, it's you again. I thought you left that program. I did, but I decided to help The Host out again this one time for a very good reason. Okay. What is it? What do you want? Well, so you know how you were all offended that we suggested that Becky was kidnapped by aliens because you said Becky was a very nice person and that you only abduct assholes? Yes. I'm not sure why you're reminding me. We raged about it for over a fortnight. We loosed the Shimmites into the bloodstreams of our captives. We Well, I called because I have a tip for you. What is it? The location of a premium-grade, freshly-off-the-hook asshole. I'm listening. right. It's good to be back. As you'll have realized, we have Dana back with us, just like normal. I hate to say it, but I owe her my gratitude for saving me from Clone Ranch. (laughs) Thank you, Dana. From the bottom of my... Yeah, she's waving me off, listeners. (laughs) Doesn't want to hear it. Right, right. I'm moving on. Dana is imploring me to get on with the calls tonight. I'd like to say that while she may be efficient, Dana's hosting style lacks the deeper understanding and personal flair of yours truly. You know it to be the case, Dana. Stop scowling. Seriously, though, Dana, it's good to have you back. All right, it looks like up next for the night is Trevor, who manages the gap at the Century City Mall. Trevor's been having some problems with a werewolf in their changing room. How are you, Trevor? Welcome to the host. You're on the... This episode of The Host was led by Amy Carver. It was written by Katie Markovich and Amy Carver, with special thanks to Linnea Waters. It was performed by Miranda Wynn, Greg Hundemer, Susan Harmon, Michael Farrow, 
Jesse Abbott Chin, Matt Rowan, Rachel Ewing, and Sarah Kenny. It was produced and edited by Amy Carver. Music is by Steve Metz, created by Amy Carver. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, that's the end, guys. That's it. <laughs>